0: Welcome to the Partnernomics Show, where industry thought leaders discuss the hottest topics in partnerships, ecosystems, and innovation. The Partnernomics Show is brought to you by Life Solutions, a product incubator specific to Salesforce. Now, here's the host of the Partnernomics Show, Mark Brigman. Welcome back to another episode of the Partnernomics Show. Uh, definitely looking forward to, to getting back and sending these shows sending these episodes to you on a regular basis again today we are joined by my friend brian hadaway brian how you doing
1: doing well thanks for having me on mark
0: yeah you're welcome man well for better or worse for you man i'm gonna have you on uh quite a bit if i have things my way it's it's i'm really looking forward to sharing like our journey and to give people a little bit of context brian and i have known each other i don't know we've been trying to figure this out at least 12 13 14 years and uh, Brian, you have a chance to share in a minute kind of about your background, but Brian and I met, been uh, friends for, for a long time, but um, with, within our business, within partneronomics, we, from day one, going back over seven years ago, wanted to put software into our business. And so Brian and I have teamed up literally as technology partners uh, to bring our Partneromics IQ system to life. So I think one of the things that's gonna be like an interesting little twist the Partneronomic show and, and the various guests that we have on is I want to have Brian on on a regular basis so we can continue to kind of unpack what it looks like to be in the middle of a technology partnership. We can kind of show all of those different components that that we go through, the trials, tribulations, the marketing, the sales, the technology piece, all of those sorts of things. Uh, so it's going to be really fun to to share that with the viewers. But uh, Brian, this is your first time that I've been able to rope you and get you onto the nomic show. So I'm going to ask you to spend a couple minutes and uh, share with our viewers a little bit about your background.
1: Cool. Well, you know, like like you said, Mark, you know, we've we've known each other for a long time, and so uh, you know, we've all been uh, kind of tracking each other's uh, various careers as as we've gone through. And uh, for for my side, uh, you know, I've been able, been lucky enough to have found a company that does uh, Salesforce consulting and and Salesforce product development, and so you know, it's kind of natural, as Mark was saying, you know, being able to bring the, the notion of the partnernomics methodology and being able to bring that to life in software. Um, and so being able to to leverage our expertise of being almost 20 years as a Salesforce, uh, part of the Salesforce ecosystem um, and, and dealing with, uh, you know, consulting as well as product development in that space and that's really been a lot of fun so you know it's our our role of what we what we've created is our company called Iolite Solutions um, and that is the company that that we use to bring products in the Salesforce ecosystem to life and so that's kind of the that's what we've been able to 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 set up so I'm actually kind of looking forward to this and, and I, I think there's uh, there's some interesting things that I think Uh, I'll be able to bring to this because, you know, as Mark has been a partnering professional for many, many years of his career, um, I have been a Salesforce partner as a as an implementation partner, but haven't really been in a place where I'm actually executing things that are partner related. And Mark's been bringing that to us. So uh, as Mark says, there, there's a whole lot of learning that I've gotten to go through. And I think I get to bring in a little bit of a perspective of uh, what is it like to actually enter this ecosystem. So uh, it's been it's been a fun ride. And it's really been interesting.
0: Well, you guys have been awesome to have as a partner. I'm trying to think it's at least a year and a half or so since we started kicking off uh, this this project to bring IQ to life. So there's lots of different uh, insights and lessons and all sorts of things that we'll be able to to share with folks. But one of the reasons in particular that I wanted to have Brian on as a regular guest is, you know, we talk about this being the decade of ecosystems. Well what is what does that really mean? Well, you know, there's there's more opportunities now to connect software together and really that's what the ecosystem is right is it's not it's it's these platforms but then it's all of the other ancillary complementary solutions the different customers have the opportunity to kind of pick and choose what fits their need and I would argue that data connection uh, application connections is the ecosystem. And and so it's going to be great to have you uh, on with those technical expertise, technical insights. Brian, I want to ask you real quick, um, a little bit earlier in your career, you spent some time with a little company (laughs) where you learned about uh, working as a consultant and working with companies. Share a little bit about that.
1: Sure. Yeah, I spent uh, about uh, 13 years, a little less than 13 years at uh, a small little company called Accenture. Um, and, uh, that, that got me, the the exposure to, uh, a lot of rather large companies. I spent a lot of my time in the telecom space, um, working at uh, a lot of companies and brands that you guys would know you know, Verizon, Sprint, uh, those kinds of, uh, those kinds of places. And, uh, the, the role that I had was a lot of, uh, Kind of technology architect, um, and it was really designing a lot of the systems that were used for you know some of these really really large uh, customer facing engagements, um, and, and being able to design software that that handles that. Um, so it was a pretty natural fit. Uh, what I finished my career at Accenture and switched over and started working um, as a consultant, again, uh, bringing Salesforce to life for many of our customers and, and being able to take some of the learnings of how to do enterprise architecture and how to set things up so that you are designing software for an enterprise and you're plugging it in so that all of the parts of the enterprise can be successful. And so there's a lot of learning there, uh, but being able to take that and apply the principles of just enterprise architecture and bring it into where uh, the CRM is really becoming quite the focal point of many of, uh, of many of the systems that we've been working with. And so that was kind of the trend that I saw and, and started uh, started this company to be able to take advantage of that.
0: Awesome. Well, 18 years later, man, you guys are running stronger than ever. Like I said, you've been an awesome partner. So I'm I'm looking forward to, to sharing some of our uh, stories and insights with uh, the viewers as we continue to to share the Partneronomic show. All right, well, let's go ahead and dig into this. And I'm going to just kind of preface our first conversation with saying we want to build this from the ground up. Um, you know, I know a lot of times partnering professionals, they may not necessarily be the most technical people on the planet, but they need to know it. They need to understand that. I'm reflecting on my 13 years at Sprint and several years past that as a partnering professional, I was always involved in technology, a lot of mobile, a lot of software. And I had to at least know enough about technology to be dangerous and to kind of to facilitate, to manage uh, these different relationships. So share with folks So we're going to kind of try to build this uh the, the tech story from the ground up and so we'll get more and more um i guess involved or more detailed as these different episodes progress and then i'll also invite people to go to partnernomics.com website if you have a specific question that you want to ask something that you want us to address on a future episode with brian make sure and uh, toss that out there so Question number one, I'm gonna hit uh, hit you with it, Brian. Let's hammer on this. And that is, what's the first piece of technology, right? So it's uh you know, it's organization, say so they decide they want to leverage the power of partnership. What's the first piece of technology they need to put in place or what needs to kind of be that focal point of their their partner management system?
1: Yeah, it's a great question, Mark. And and uh, you know, as, as we mentioned too. We're starting on this journey with you to try and figure out what the what the right way to do this partnering stuff is. And, uh, you know, the the thing that we've learned over our many years as being a a consultant in the CRM space is, you know, that's where the, the first point of contact occurs is in the CRM. And, you know, that's where that's where the battles are fought, if you will, um, as the as your sales professionals are trying to close deals, move things through pipelines. And the piece of technology that's used for that is the CRM. And, you know, so the as you look at what what happens in a partnering ecosystem is you're looking for partners to bring you more deals but you need to be able to use the same tool that you're using to close your deals today. You need to use that same tool to close the deals that the partners bring you. And so, you know, the the obvious question is, is okay, well, what's my tool to manage partnerships? Well, uh, I would tell you, you need to look no further than where you're managing your current customer relationships right now, which is your CRM.
0: So, you know, inside of our CRM, right? I mean, as you mentioned, that's that's like where our business is happening. <laughs> that's that's our record of truth. It's your core. Uh, yeah. If, if it's not in the CRM, if it's not in Salesforce, if it's not in HubSpot, it didn't happen, right? We've all heard that a million times before, and and that's where our employees have access to it. We can kind of see the the flow that that happens there. Um, and you know, it's been my experience, or it's kind of my my college guess that roughly I'll say 85% of partnerships or even partnering programs are channel focused or revenue generating focused. But we also have this other side of strategic partnerships, this other side of partnerships that that we call solutions-based partnerships, which is where uh, we build new technologies, we build new solutions, we build new products, uh, we leverage these capabilities just like our relationship with you, uh, with uh, to build partneromics IQ, uh, we have to build it first, and then we go sell it next. But I would argue, even managing relationships that are solutions oriented, it still needs to be in the system of of truth and our system of yeah. record, so Absolutely. people can go there. I mean, that's that's kind of your your pulse of how the business is doing. What is going on? What projects are in flight? That's your CRM.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and to your point, you know, many times we would think about uh, partnering as dealing with sales or revenue generation activities. And so, you know, you're tracking the, the true notion of an opportunity opportunity. And that's typically what you would see is, as what you're managing in your CRM is, is your opportunities. But to your point, if there are other strategic partnering relationships, those are still relationships. And the other aspects of a CRM that are, that are powerful are the fact that you use the CRM to track conversations. You track engagements, you track your emails and, and other things like that. And so it's all of the aspects of how you form a relationship and how you manage that relationship. And all of that stuff needs to have a, a talk track or a soundtrack that's recorded so that you have that historical view of how your how your interactions are progressing. And so it doesn't really matter if this is a revenue generating partnership or just a technical partnership or, or whatever. It's a relationship. And, and that's where you need to be managing all of this stuff is in your relationship management tool, which is your CRM. And, you know, and, and the, I want to punch on this point a little bit because um, there are a lot of tools that are out there in the partnering landscape and many of those tools want to claim that they are the, the the center of the universe for the partnering ecosystem. Um, you know, and so there, there's, you know, there's PRMs, there's account mapping tools, there's other tools that are out there. There's a variety of them. Um, and they all want to claim to be the hub of partnering activities. And I would argue that, you know, really, you need to look at your CRM. As the hub of all of your partnering activities, um, these other tools—they all have good purposes and they all have reasons that they that they exist. And you want to leverage those tools for what they're good at, but also leverage your CRM for what it is best at, and that is relationship management.
0: Yeah, great takeaways, great insights there. Let me shift over to the second question now, Brian. That is, uh, you know, we we work with organizations literally all over the world. Well, as a matter of fact, one of our clients using IQ today is. new zealand but whenever we talk to these different professionals that are standing up programs they talk about how difficult it is to use their crm and how they have to cobble it and put it into a an arm bar to try to make their crm manage their partnering program so it kind of begs the question i mean i hear you saying you know you got to use the crm as kind of your point of truth but CRMs are it's basically impossible to use CRMs from day one to manage partnerships. Uh, why is that?
1: Yeah, great question, Mark. And, and it's interesting because, you know, as we've done our CRM consulting over the years, um, you know, there is a standard model that a CRM comes with out of the box. Right. And, you know, for everybody who's here and who's using one, right, you have accounts, you have contacts, you have opportunities at a basic level. And that model is meant to handle, you know, one on one sales relationships. You know, I am a sales rep and I'm trying to sell something to a customer. Right. And so that customer represents an account. I'm selling it to a person at that account, which is a contact. And I'm trying to sell them some service or good that is represented by the opportunity. So that's a very straightforward and also very uh, one-dimensional model. And it represents what would be traditional retail sales models. Right. But when you when you stretch this, you know, you heard me say that you need to be in your CRM because your CRM tracks relationships. Right. And partnering is all about relationships. So you want to use the strength of the CRM. But typically a CRM is using that simple, basic model to do sales and a partner model needs a little bit more stuff in it in order to be able to manage things correctly. And so that's why you see these other tools out there. They want to be the center of the universe for partnering because they've been designed for for a partnering, but they're not designed for relationship management. And so I would argue that relationship management is really the key. And you just need to make some tweaks to your CRM to be able
0: to make it handle partnering.
1: And there are things you need to
0: change. So Brian, let's double click on that a little bit. You talked about the difference between a partner and a partnership. And so why why is that critical? Why is that important? So I'm already thinking about uh, times inside of IQ, whenever we were building out our data models, you can have a partner where that is party to, multiple partnerships or multiple partnering programs that you have. So for example, maybe they're a tech integration partner, they're a referral partner, and they could be a co-sale partner, for example. Um, But that's really where we start to run into this problem between the one-to-one or the kind of one-to-many.
1: Exactly. And that's exactly the issue that we see in partnering. And, And when you're using a CRM, there, there's reasons that you need to be able to distinguish those relationships. And, um, and, and you know, we talked a little bit, you mentioned the notion of data modeling, um, and that's something that is, as a consultant, that's something that we pay attention to all the time, because we wanna make sure that whenever we are designing a system, it needs to reflect the realities of the relationships that are around us. And as I was mentioning just a second ago, um, you know, a standard sales model is a one-to-one model, right? I have one customer that I'm telling trying to close one deal with, right? But in a partnering model, I'm engaging with a partner who is engaging with a customer, And I would have potentially many of those customers that are coming in. And so you you need to change your thinking and the the structure of the way you manage the data, instead of it being a one-to-one model, it's a one-to-one-to-many model. And that requires you to think differently and it requires you to set up your CRM a little bit differently to be able to handle that because a standard CRM doesn't handle that one-to-one-to-many, it just handles a one-to-many. And so that's, the, that's the, the difference in how you need to set it up. And there are some tweaks that you need to put into it.
0: So for the last question here, Brian, let's talk about, uh, man, no shortage of software companies out there, right? I mean, the numbers are just staggering where we're going to be at, I don't want to say like a million SaaS companies by the end of 27 or something like that. It's just growing at this phenomenal rate. You know, we used to say, um, you know, every company is a technology company couple of years ago, I started thinking and saying, every company is a software company. And we're seeing that trend. We're in a lot of different organizations. Even if it's just a mobile app to, to kind of nurture these customers and to take care of them, companies are becoming a software company as well. Uh, but as we have these different SaaS solutions that are out there, and we also talked about this being the decade of ecosystem, it's about connecting. How how do these entrepreneurs, how do these business owners, how do these tech, tech guys and gals, how do they connect? What's the answer to connect software solutions to each other?
1: And, and Mark, you've, you've hit it. And we've always talked about the fact that um, you know, data is the currency of power right? You, you need to have the right kind of data in the right way, and you need to be able to pull that together so that you can connect everything. And, you know, we talk about having different tools that have different purposes, right? We have PRMs that, that manage partner relationships. We have account mapping tools that manage the other account uh, relationships that we can see. And those are uh, just to name a few of them, of those key elements. But in order to be able to to have that data useful, you have to be able to get it. And, you know, so instead of creating silos of data, you need to be able to get that data and pull it into the place that is going to be the most useful to you. And it is the most useful to you in your CRM. And so in order to be able to do that, it's, it's important that you have two critical factors when you want to be able to talk about bringing on additional tools into your ecosystem that you're going to use to manage your partnership number one is the data model and we talked a little bit about this right you need to be able to connect and understand the relationship of what is a partner and i talk about a partner being this is this is an account entity right it's the it's the company but that company can be related to us in multiple ways. They could be a referral partner, they could be a resale partner, they could be a technical partner. And I could have a different compensation agreement as a referral partner versus uh, as a technical partner. And so, but if I can only distinguish the fact that there's a partner, but I can't distinguish the different nuances of the different types of agreements I have with that partner, then my data model is flawed. And then if I try to connect to a tool that has that problem, then I'm gonna have issues in trying to manage the partnerships. So um, the the first thing that I'm looking for in in any tool that I'm gonna be using in my ecosystem is, is the data model compatible with the way that I need to see my data and, and how I need to manage my partnerships. And then the second is, do I have an API to where I can actually grab the data that I need and pull it into, the, uh, my, into my CRM. Because again, that's where I need to operate with this data is my CRM.
0: Man, I love uh, you know what I was hearing you say is like the least common denominator. You know, who, who knows how you'll be using the data, how your customers might be wanting to use the data. But as I think about like partnership management, And, and how partnerships can evolve, as you mentioned, and there's these larger organizations, you might have, they might be a a party to three or four or five different partnering initiatives that you have. Don't you want to be able to report and manage uh, and be able to segment each of those different programs that you have and how that partner is, is, is doing maybe on a, an affiliate perspective, they're doing great and sending great opportunities for you. But maybe on the technology side, or maybe on a co sell side, in those programs, they're not performing so well. Uh, so being able to kind of break uh, this data down to these least common denominators, it would just illuminate, it gives you so much more power and so much more insight. I mean, data is, you know, the currency of, of power, of being able to see that. But you have to have the data model correct in order to be able to get those insights. Otherwise it's aggregated data.
1: Exactly. Yeah. If you, you need those two aspects of it, right? The data model has to be correct because you need to be able to report the, the many to one relationships. And then you need to be able to get that data and you need to be able to get it in the way that you need it. So, you know, sometimes we talk about, you know, if an API is available, is it something that I can, get the API real-time or does it need to be in a batch model, um, you know, and, and how quickly can I get it? How how available is it? Is the API one-directional or two-directional? Can I interact both ways? You know, can I send data to, I'll use an example of a PR, can I send data to a PRM so that I can put a lead out there for a partner? And then can that partner update the information and I can absorb that information back into my CRM? So I'm now a effectively communicating two ways with that partner using that tool? And can I do it with the right level and the right granularity of the detail of data that we need? Um, Typically, the two things uh, I'll I'll mention is the two things that are typically flawed in the the traditional CRM model, and, and you've hit one of those, is the notion of partner to partnership um, because that allows you to segment the relationships you have with a partner into multiple different segments if you have those. <laughs> and then the other thing that that typically we need to worry about is attribution. Um, if I have a lead or an opportunity that I'm representing in my CRM, I need to be able to know that that was referred to me by partner A, but I'm using partner B as the technical resource to provide the service. And so in order to be able to have the attributions you know, the, of multiple attributions, those are things that are typically not in a, a normal CRM data model, and you need to make some accommodations to put those in there.
0: As we think about our, our partnering program and just the way that we're structured, we leverage Partners, because they bring in unique assets and unique capabilities, but they still need to be managed. And if we see how these partners are being utilized, leveraged, the value that they're providing to us, again, that just gives us the full picture, and attribution is you know definitely a key piece of that um, key piece of that equation. Yeah,
1: those are the key things that I see. Is and and again, you know, this has been great because we're we're kind of walking this journey with you, Mark, and and um, you know, it, figuring out the ways that we need to be able to enable the partnering ecosystem to be able to perform at its fullest potential. And so, as we're going through this, we're trying to work with other companies to make sure that we can bring their tools and the full power of their capabilities to bear as well. Um, but in order to do that, we have to make sure we're we're aligning it and we're getting it right so that we can get the right kind of data for everyone to use.
0: Yeah. Man, we've we've got an exciting uh five to ten years ahead of us, you know, just seeing this Absolutely. whole ecosystem come together, man. It's just Super, super exciting time to be a partnering professional. So, uh, Brian, thank you so much for your time. Great uh, checking in with you. Great getting your insights. And like I said, man, we're looking forward to having you as a regular guest. We can continue to unpack this technical side of uh, putting partnerships together.
1: That's great. Thanks for having me on, Mark. Really appreciate it.
0: Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of the Partnernomics Show. Don't forget to subscribe to get the newest episodes at thepartnernomicsshow.com. Special thanks to our sponsors, Iolite. To learn more about Iolite, visit iolitepro.com. And Partnernomics, the science of partnering. To learn more about these suite of Partnernomics courses, coaching programs, and consulting services, visit partnernomics.com. See you on the next episode.